I keep saying I'm going to because I really like the artist, but and it has great covers, but uh oh, it's just gonna be shady. No, I'm not. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm not a uh-huh. I just haven't had time to jump into it. Okay, <laughs> well you should because it's really good. Um, so like you said, this art is just phenomenal. Bruno Redondo is easily becoming one of my favorite artists currently out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm-hmm. truly has not missed. Like, this is some great stuff. I don't think Dick has ever looked as good <laughs> as he does. <laughs> I know what I just said. I mean, but hey. <laughs> We are back for another relaunch, you guys. Hi, I am Keenan. What's up, everybody? I am LZ. How are you doing this week, LZ? You know, I'm doing good. I'm doing okay. pretty good. Um, I I was trying to remember if it was last week that I went to that. Um, oh, that the murder dinner. mystery. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Was that that? Was last week, so like, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I had this um pearl set. <laughs> oh, did you watch the clips I sent you of Brie? I did. I did. Okay. I did. Okay. Right. Yes. 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 It was really funny. I had a, my blonde wig on and um it turns out that so like I was this this housewife and my husband who I named him Walter, he um he was always away. He wanted to like have this political career, so I kept like a nice home. So, but everyone thought that like I did it because I was too nice. Um, and like I would get up and like try to clean things and like I was always correcting people at the dinner table yeah. <laughs> and like being like, oh, you know, you should act more like a lady over uh, at a dinner party. And um, it turned out my secret <laughs> why people thought that I was the murderer was because I was sleeping with the gardener. <laughs> oh, oh, this is very Damn. Desperate Housewives. I enjoy this. I enjoy this character for you. I'm very happy. <laughs> sleeping with the gardener, and um, she didn't want that to get out. Okay. The person who like killed was like gonna put their secret out because I need to have this like perfect image for my husband you who was gonna, like a political political career. Also, yes. yes. So that. a lot of people at the dinner did think that I was. The murderer. I was I was selling it that like I was okay. like perfect and like no I could never. Do this. <laughs> um, but of course I actually end up not being the murderer. Okay. Well, did were you able to figure out who the murderer was? I had no idea. No, it was actually really cool. <laughs> so like I I've never really done a lot of these things before. Yeah. Uh, so it was really cool that my friend like kind of set this thing up for a murder mystery mm-hmm. like at his house because you know everything here at that time wasn't open just yet. So like uh, we did it at his home. It was mm-hmm. really really cool. Okay, that's really dope. I love a good murder mystery. So I'm glad you have it. If you've never done a murder mystery, anyone, you should go and do one. They're amazing. Check those out. That was a lot of fun. Um, and speaking of murder and mysteries, let's go ahead and get to these comics for the week. All right? Um, and the first one has a, a lot of both of those, actually. It's uh, Seven Secrets, number nine. You know, this is like my favorite book. Um, and this is from Tom Taylor, Nicole D'Angelo, and Walter Diamante is on the colors for this. So... I don't know if you remember the last time I told you, but basically the entire little group is on the run. 
because their headquarters have been destroyed. People are trying to get the secrets that they're holding on to. And so they finally get to this place where they get a moment to rest. And they kind of decide the head uh, the head holder who like knew all of the secrets, she died. So they like they have to pick somebody new. They pick the main character, Casper's mom to do it because they're like you've kind of been leading everybody ever since all these people have died like you've been here for a very long time you even gave up your own son so you could like keep your secrets so she accepts and they start revealing all the secrets to her and then the one of the ones that they reveal is that her husband war her like baby father casper's dead dad <laughs> who was dead he's alive and oh, so okay. she's like yeah, he, he's actually been with their team the entire time they've been on the run. He's just had a mask on. So it was, like, really dope. Um, and, she, and then the people who are after them are kind of on the side, and they're planning their revenge to get the people out and kill them. It's The book is just hitting all cylinders for me. There's so many, and, I t- and this is one of those books where a lot of people are looking for diversity in their stories. There's so many black, brown, Asian faces that are yes. leading the cast and, like, doing all these things and just it's exciting it's fun again we've talked so many times about how tom taylor does really well with nailing character interaction and like getting just the personality through in those heartfelt moments i love all of these people this is genuinely one of my favorite books um but of course it's from boom studios and boom is kind of like killing it you know i've heard aren't they doing a power rangers book right now too i've heard a really good thing is about that like i hear nothing but great things yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) Um, I never pick them up. It's like, I'm not that into Power Rangers, which is wild because, like, yo, growing up, when I growing up, that was like, what else would you do? You know how many times <laughs> I asked my mom, like, for Halloween, if I could be the pink ranger? <laughs> I had to be the red one, but I, I was the pink ranger two Halloweens in a row. That's right now. Yeah, they're killing it. So for this issue, I definitely give it a four out of five. I will never stop recommending it to people. It's good. You should go pick it up. Next up on the list is another Boom Studios book, and this is the mini deaths of Layla Star number three. Now, we know this is a Ram V. Stain account. I think we've all fully accepted it. We just get it. This issue is no different than all the other ones. It's amazing. So I don't know if you remember what I told you about it, but... um. Death was fired from like her pantheon because there was a guy who created everlasting life. And so now she is in the body of Layla Star and she keeps dying in all these various ways. But the god of life, Prana, like keeps bringing her back. He's like, I love you. He's like, you're my other half. I can't do anything without you. So he likes her a lot. Um, Not like love as in this platonic love. But in this issue, <laughs> Layla is at this party and she's making out with girls and she's smoking and she meets this boy who just got dumped by his girlfriend. And he kind of starts telling her about how his friend recently just died. And the last time they saw each other, they were fighting over the girlfriend who just dumped him. And they kind of go into his backstory about that. Turns out the young boy is the guy who's going to create everlasting life and who got death fired and so it's just kind of a deeper backstory into him and like why he goes about to find this way that people can never die and so then Layla the cigarette catches fire uh or it gets on the couch and the couch catches fire and then the whole apartment burns down where the party is and Layla's the only person in the party who dies in the party and so (laughs) (laughs) and so after Prana brings her back again he's like you know I can't keep doing this. You're going to get me in trouble. I need you to be a little bit more careful. 
but he reveals to her that it was the boy, and then he says, I know where he is. He's a little bit older now. Do you want to go meet him? So this time she's been dead for 16 years. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, and so, like, he's getting to the point where he's about to create immortality. And yeah. so, I mean, it's, it's just... Felipe Andrade's art is just so ethereal and colorful and mesmerizing, and you are just drawn into the page. It's almost like water the way the lines kind of flow into each other. I cannot highlight it enough. It's just amazing. Ranvi is great. It's it, this is, it's five out of five. For wow, me. okay. Okay. For me. For me. <laughs> I want, I'm going to have to jump into this book because um, <laughs> wow, at, uh, my own podcast really <laughs> put me on so book. <laughs> because it just sounds so good. And Ranvi is a great writer, so I need to jump into this. I just, I don't, I don't know what lives in that man's mind. But I'm here for it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. So, next up on the list, <laughs> here he is again. It's another Ram V book. <laughs> I, like it's, um, uh, the, I, I should say, though, I had a really good comics week this week. So, that's that's something for things. But um, Catwoman no, number 32, and this is from Ram V, and we had a different artist than we have. It's been uh, Blanco Fernando, who's been doing that, like, honeycomb design that I always talk about. Uh, yeah. This issue had a different artist. His name's Evan Cagle. Just as great on the art uh really sold it this issue was so good so i don't remember it's basically a bunch of different characters talking about selena this villain of the book is looking for her and he's kind of saying tell me what you know about selena and he starts telling the story about when they were on a heist mission together and there was this guy who she was in love with and then the guy died but selena instead of kind of disbanded the rest of the people in the group disbanded but she stayed and it was basically so she could go after the guy who killed the boyfriend but she didn't kill him she like stole all his stuff and then put out some incriminating evidence to get him arrested for a really long time and the guy was like it's just about selena letting you know that she could do this that she could kill you if she wanted to and that she could take you down and i need, just, to, I need to jump into this <laughs> So then we see a different story, and this one's actually from her sister. Now, again, I think I've said before, I'm, I have always kind of liked Catwoman from afar. I didn't know too much about her. This girl's her sister, apparently, Maggie. And she's talking to these police officers who are looking for Catwoman. And so she starts telling the story about how she had got kidnapped, and Selena came to save her, and she just, like, beat the crap out of these people. And, and she's like, you know, the one thing you learn about Selena is that the only way to like stay safe or like to know anything about her is to stay away from her she's like so if you want to like live you should leave selena alone and it's just like yes this is the doll and then there's another one she kind of owns alley town and so the gcpd gcpd are harassing people you know what cops do and they corner all these kids and they're also looking for Selena and the girl's like do you think anybody in Alleytown is going to help you find Selena Kyle and they tell the story about when she was a little girl and she was kind of running the streets of Alleytown and how she was helping save people and like getting maps and like evading the cops and it was just like everyone loves her this is her town it's like you are never going to succeed here it's just a really dope issue mm. like I think this run has probably made me a Catwoman fan. Okay. I mean, Selena's great. <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Like, amazing. Um, a four out of five for sure. Great art. Um, I, it's just a good, it's just a good book. 
you know, I've always been a fan of Selena's, and I think like you, I've, I've never really dived into her character just because there's such so much of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've read some stuff with her before, and I've been meaning to get into this run, this rebirth run specifically, um, which is still this, right? This is still like from the rebirth re- relaunch, think- right? I mean, I think everything's kind of like post-future state now. I don't know if right. you know you know DC in the timeline. Right. Well, because right. we're also moving into like Infinite Frontier. I don't know. There's a lot. Of things. Well, I mean, I mean, like the numbering and all that. Like it's still like. Oh that. yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I think so. They didn't I relaunch think. her book or anything, right? I don't think so. Um, That's one thing DC does do is like they keep their books going. Okay. They will let something last. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the villain of the story is also really creepy. He's this guy. He's got long hair. He's got a hat. He actually kills the first guy who um, he was trying to get information about Selena from. And it's it's a really sad scene, actually, because the guy's, like, bleeding out and dying. And he's like, no, Selena's going to come save me. Selena's going to come save me. But she's got some other stuff going on, so she's nowhere to be found. Um, highly recommend. Anybody pick up Catwoman. So, yeah. Next up on the list, we have uh, ooh, Nightwing 81, and this is ooh. from Tom Taylor and Bruno Redondo. Now, I'm not going to lie to you, I still have not jumped in on this. That, that's I all keep, right. I keep saying I'm going to because I really like the artist, but and it has great covers, but... Uh-oh. It's just going to be shady. No, I'm not. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm not a uh-huh. I just haven't had time to jump into it. Okay. <laughs> well, you should because it's really good. Um, so, like you said, this art is just phenomenal. Bruno Redondo is easily becoming one of my favorite artists currently out art right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he mm-hmm. truly has not missed. Like, this is some great stuff. I don't think Dick has ever looked as good <laughs> as he does. <laughs> <laughs> I know what uh, I just said. I mean, but yeah. hey. <laughs> Love I don't... I don't think he's ever looked as good as he has in this book. Um, it looks beautiful. The way that the, um, whenever, Dick has a lot of like acrobatic moves. So yeah. he's swinging and flipping and doing all that kind of stuff. In his fight scenes, he's more agile than putting in like boot strength into his stuff. Mm-hmm. So this issue, um, like last issue, Nightwing was trying to save some kids from uh, Heartless who was stealing all these hearts from parents and basically making these kids uh orphans you kind of find out he's just been doing it because he wants to <laughs> um he is right he's also enhanced and um so he's got like a little bit of strength on him he's a little bit of speed but he's not a good fighter so nightwing kind of can kind of handle him there but he does end up burning the tents and everything where the kids were so all the kids are running scared <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like I just imagine all these little kids, the little kids, screaming. <laughs> and like they're like tents are on fire. <laughs> like I don't know why that's so funny to me. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so Nightwing ends up calling in Robin, Tim Drake, to assist uh-huh. and really kind of guide the kids and make sure they're okay. They start running towards the pier. Turns out Heartless was doing this on purpose because he was going to blow up the pier. I'm a good villain. (laughs) Nightwing uh, said he put in a call for the people of Bloodhaven to send out some boats and stuff. He was Mm -hmm. afraid they weren't going to come through for him, but they ended up coming through. It was a really cool Easter egg in it. All of the boats 
you know how like when you call out a boat and they're like, oh, this is whatever, whatever, calling in from X coordinates. The mm-hmm. boats it were all named uh, previous Nightwing writers. So like the ceiling. Oh, <laughs> that's that, cute. I thought that was cool. Um, so then later though, we find out that um, this Zuko woman who is now the mayor of uh, Bloodhaven, mm-hmm. she got some tea on her, find out that she's like, had done some shady stuff. That a Nightwing had a concussion and mm-hmm. passed out. When he woke up, Oracle kind of gave him this this tea on 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 Zuko, he couldn't sit still, of course, so he <laughs> runs out and tries to break into her home, breaks in, gets the drop on him, and is, ends up being unmasked. Finds out that Zuko, who is the Zuko, is the the family that killed his his parents. Mm-hmm. Turns out this girl is his sister. So Ooh, <laughs> she he sister. he thought that she was the daughter of the Zukos turns out that like she is his sister so we're going to find out exactly how maybe his dad kind of you know you know how men are okay. <laughs> so <That's laughs> maybe his dad dipped off and had the, the little girls but we'll see I'm not the biggest fan of the sister reveal trope or like the sibling reveal no. I kind of love a sibling reveal. <laughs> it's spicy. It's just like, where you been all this time? Hate it. Exactly. So, <laughs> I'm like, this is this is too forced for me. But I'm like, I... who stepped out? Like, what's going on? Here? <laughs> Let me know. This is mess. I'm into yeah, this it. is this is mess. We'll see. I'm I'm into it because Tom is really killing this. So like, mm-hmm. I'm in all the way. Yeah, I I, can't, I heard the book keeps um. It keeps selling out, so like every issue is sold out, so it keeps going to second printings. When you're hot, yeah. So it's like shout out to that. Because again, I think we said it. The Nightwing fans have had it kind of rough. Yes, and we've been on history ugly. They even so. break up in here. How he got shot in the head before, and like it's just it's been a patch. And then <laughs> we back. And Tim, this is the Come book on. made for you. <laughs> this is exactly. This is Not it. You know. Uh, what would you rate this issue (laughs) i would give this a uh a four out of five definitely it it was better to me than the last issue which was still really good this one um you know i like a little action scene here and now now and then so and bruno i'm sure killed it oh yeah for sure that's dope good for them so um next up on our list yeah (laughs) I guess. <laughs> Next up on the list, oh, wow. so I know this was actually a big one for you. It's um Static. Number one, his new series has finally debuted. Uh, Vita Ayala is on writing duties, and then Nicholas Draper Ivy is drawing. And I've actually followed him on Instagram for a while, so that's kind of really dope to see him rise and cool. get to f- finally draw this comic book character that he has obviously loved for like just as much as you have. Oh, that's dope. I've never heard of the artist uh, prior to this issue. Um, so that's really cool that he got to, like, you know. Yeah, he was a, work on yeah, the I, I, it was years ago that, I don't know, I came across his art. He's really into anime, so he's got, like, a anime-influenced style. And um, I was like, yeah. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, that's dope. But I know this is huge for you. So I'm yeah. not going to lie to you. I kind of forgot this came out this week. <laughs> Now so I didn't read it. <laughs> but but shout out to the DC Infinite app 
because if you have it, the first issue is available on there. Yes, it is. You can go so on there can... right now and read it for free. And um, if you have the DC Infinite app. And also, shout out to DC Comics, because I saw on their Twitter, they were doing a pretty good job, like, promoting the book. They're letting, they're letting you know. <laughs> here. He's here. Yeah. And I have to say that I am so excited to have him back. Now, you know, we did a static and milestone panel before, and I talked about it, so I won't even go too crazy into it, how much, like, static means to me as a character. Um, not only in, like, physical representation of him being, like, a Black character, but just being, like, some big-headed, nerdy kid <laughs> that just, you know, has powers. Um, so, but the issue for me, we talked about it before, was the whole milestone relaunch, and I was a little bit apprehensive about it and a little nervous because the people who created Milestone loved them, legendary, iconic, but I necessarily didn't need them to come back and really give their voice to this character because it can get a little, you know, uh, hey, fellow kids, hey, fellow kids <laughs> when they start talking. So oh, I, I was. Child. And luckily enough, there was none of that. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, and then also, though, like on the flip side of that, there are times when we there are more like younger writers mm -hmm. who write this and they go like too far <laughs> into the teen speak or something. But this didn't have any of that. So Vita did a fantastic job, I think, really capturing the voice of Static yeah. and um, his entire family and his sister mm -hmm. and, and all of that. Uh, I don't like the art at all. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that. Um, it's giving like anime blurred, and I'm that's not me. I don't need that. And mm -hmm. uh, but the story was great. I will say this kind of highlighted something for me, which I noticed that might be something that rings true across a lot of like Vita's work for me. Mm -hmm. uh, they can really capture like the voice and emotional beats of a character. Mm -hmm. Like I think in this and other books of theirs that I've read, they really know like how, what the character is all about and how to get their voice right. But for some reason, like this lacked like some punch for me. You know what I mean? Like so, this story, like again, you you end up getting reacclimated to static. You mm -hmm. it's it's him getting his powers and. Um, mm -hmm. The whole Big Bang, you get introduced to Frida and all of that. There was a fight at the school in the previous Zero issue, but in, um, excuse me, in this issue, they don't even, like, rehash the fight. They tell you to go back and <laughs> read it in Zero. And I was afraid that when he had that fight, he was, like, fighting all out in the open. Mm -hmm. And, like, people saw him, and I was like, so are they going to get rid of the whole, like, I have a secret identity thing? Mm -hmm. But they explained it in this issue that he, like, took out the cameras and mm. only uh, Richie and Frida saw him, and they had already known about his powers anyway. They're like his close friends, so it's fine mm -hmm. now. Um, so that worry was taken care of. Um, Vita did pull out a really cool science moment for me, which was um, Hot Streak, who is like his main villain, uh, shows up at Static's home to like call him out and kind of attack him at his home, and. Static pulls up a electromagnetic field and like he tells him like why it's gonna work and yeah. uh, you know I was living for all the science <laughs> in it. <laughs> um, but like again, I don't know. So when you say I, that you feel Vita's work lacks 
bite. Do you mean in terms of conflict, like between the characters? Is everyone getting along too much? Or is it... No, it's not the conflict where they're getting along too much. It's not like everyone's like having this kumbaya circle and everybody's friends. Mm-hmm. It's it's like there's excitement missing from it. It's like I read it and I go, oh, this was great because the characters were great, but like there wasn't too many things that were really exciting about it. Okay, so you would, so you want like a like a fight or something in there, like a fight. It scene. doesn't necessarily have to be a fight because um, you know Hickman is mm-hmm. one of my favorite writers and mm-hmm. if not my favorite comic book writer and a lot of his comics don't always have like crazy fight scenes or something like that yeah, or even, even also just have like crazy fight scenes and stuff but like the punch is there in the way that the dialogue is written and and probably also it could also maybe lean a little bit on the art and the way that the paneling and everything is kind of set up where you kind of feel that punch from mm-hmm. the book um, but for me and Vita's writing, I never, I never really feel that like. It's not, it's not memorable. Right. Okay. Not okay. To say, okay. Not to say that it's bad. It's bad. It's, yeah. It, it's just you, you walk away thinking like, oh, okay, yeah, they had a conversation, but you yeah. can't really tell you tell anybody what the conversation was about. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I understand. It's that. like I okay. keep waiting for there's just some like hammer to drop or some kind of like, oh man, I see that that moment happened, but nothing. Now in this book, probably that moment would have been hot streak showing up at Static's home. Mm-hmm. Um but like that that didn't have too much punch to it. It just kinda happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I will say again, like the coloring in this was also kind of bad. Everybody was really light and kind of faded out. But I guess so, I saw that the artists say something that they were gonna fix that. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I said I saw some tweets about that, but he specifically said that he also saw the issue and he was gonna darken their skin tone. So I was like, that was a nice little self awareness. What would you um what would you rate the issue? Um, I would give this a solid three out of five. Okay. Solid three out of five. I think Vita really puts you back on track with Static. I -hmm. do think that it woke up some things with me where I had to kind of have a realization about Static. Mm -hmm. And that is Static, I guess it's only going to be like 10 issues, I think. After this this 10 issues, for me, if they're going to do a season two, he needs to grow up. Because... I don't want to rehash he, all the he, stuff. He's, he's been in high school for a long time now. Exactly. <laughs> I don't like want almost the same stuff again. Almost every DC's character who he came up with, even though he's like milestone, but like all those DC characters who are around his age have all grown up or like gotten some type of age advancement. So, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> you know, this. so like this was fine and all, but like um, if they refuse to let him grow up, I end up losing like interest in him because I don't care about these kids, <laughs> you know? Um, but I will always have him as like the thing that got me into, into this. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it for the most yeah. part. Though. 
I was nervous. Yeah. <laughs> I was nervous. Nah, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's good to know. So, um, next up on our list, oh, I don't need This is Demon Days, uh, Mariko number one. And this is just all from Peach Momoko. She's been doing these reimagined fairy tale stories of Marvel heroes. And this one has Mariko Yoshida, who was Wolverine's love interest and Black Widow in it. I don't even have to talk about this too much. Like, Peach is the future. Like, <laughs> I, I've said it before. On this podcast, I remember she was one of my artists of the year. Like, yeah, she is it. This whole tale is really good. It's, again, it's just a reimagined fantasy tale where she's going through trying to fight some Oni, and then she realizes that she is part Oni, and then the Black Widow was supposed to be a spy to kill her, but she's grown attached to her because she's been her nanny the whole time. It's just so good. It's a four out of five. Everyone should pick them up. Um, there's a ne- the next installment's coming out soon also, and they're always like a little preview page of it. It's going to be uh, Jubilee, Mystique, Spider-Gwen, and Sabretooth. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So these are just fun little to- stories. Everyone should get them. Um, also out was The Mighty Valkyries number three. This is from Jason Aaron and Tom Grombuck, and then there is a backup story written by Gronbeck with art from Erica Derso. Derso, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, I thought she was letting this go. I mean, I picked it up anyway. It's Asgard. <laughs> it's Asgard. <laughs> and like, I don't know. So it's like, it's got interesting bits, but the story is moving at a snail's pace. Basically, Carnella has done something where she has created her own gods. And it's these three little black girls. They're so adorable. Um and Loki, she's trying to get a, she got a strand of Jane's hair from Loki because she wanted Jane to be tied to the little goddesses forever so if anything ever happened to them, Jane would have to come and protect them. This is all because Hela has returned and we don't know what Hela's planning. She's just like being Hela. And Craven is trying to get this wolf man thing named Moore because he's supposed to be dangerous, but apparently Jane doesn't think he's dangerous, so she's protecting him. And then the backup story is Runa has just rescued a oracle who could like tell her about her life. And he basically tells her that all the stuff is going on. Like this stuff is happening with Jane and this dog. There are these little goddesses that have been um, created, this river, like hell is back. And so she's like, okay, crap, now I gotta go back to Jane. So the two stories have finally intersected or they're going to intersect by the next issue. Um, but it's also just kind of like, all right, the thing is, um, Mateo de Luis is doing the art. Beautiful style. Mm-hmm. But he has a very... It, the book feels very decompressed. So it's like he's got these like beautiful splash pages, um, but nothing's happening in them. <laughs> so it's just... <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like four big, beautiful pages of characters just standing there looking at each other. And it's kind of like, all right, I'm ready to get the story moving. I'm ready for something to happen. Um, But we do find out. So at the end of the issue, Jane goes back to her job. She's been working at the morgue. And they talk about how there's some woman causing a ruckus in the morgue. And the boss is like, Jane, you're late. But I won't say anything about that if you go handle this woman get down there it's this black woman she's like going through all of the drawers at the morgue she's like i'm looking for them i know they're here they have to be here she had she was pregnant she was 36 36 weeks pregnant with triplet girls and then they said they think it was a phantom pregnancy because the babies no longer exist these are three little babies Mm. that carnella has that's kind of interesting 
Right? So I was like, okay. So okay. we got to the end. And I was like, okay, now we move it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it just took us like a rip. But I was just like, gosh, I was like, I felt like we could have got rid of a couple of those other pages and like kind of got to the sooner to like really start moving the story along. Because again, I, I do think this is only five issues and this was issue three. Um, but yeah, so that's the thing. So we're just kind of, I'm really at in this point, I'm only in it for Carnilla, the babies, and this black woman. Like, what's going on with them? The three little girls have not, power. Not- that is who you're talking about. You're talking about the one who gave birth to the three? Yeah, because she's distraught. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the new Valkyrie, Rona, she's like fine, but at the same time, she's still not really grabbing me. But again, they're kind of moving at a snail's pace with like what's going on with her too. So um, all out of, all out of, give it like a 3.5 out of 5. I think both artists did an amazing job. This Carnilla plot is really kind of selling me because I would like to know a how she created these goddesses, what's really going on, why does she want them tied to Jane, how does she take them from this woman's belly? So that's that. Um, next up on the list, Heroes Reborn number seven. Event of the summer, event <laughs> of the summer, and let me tell you, let me tell you. So Jason Aaron, he does the first story with Aaron Cooter. I don't know if you remember his art. He did. Um, do you remember the Guardians series where they finally brought Eve Balky into the 616? Mm-hmm. That. He drew that, and I think he did Death of X, too, which we don't talk about. But... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he joins the main story on this one, and so basically the Squadron Supreme has just realized that the Avengers are there, and they're trying to track them down, so we get to see all of the different Squadron members kind of interacting with, with each other, and throughout the issue, we see different parts of their history. So we see, like, their version of the Civil War that they had, which was Hyperion versus Nighthawk, and they talk about how it was really started over Power Princess, because both of them wanted to be with her. Um, we see Zarda who is Power Princess interacting with Nighthawk and he's like, you know, your boyfriend doesn't like when it's just me and you together. And she's like, what do you mean? Like, what's your problem? She's like, she says to him, she's like, oh, I can never be with you anyway. She's like, I'd crush you. She's like, but you'd probably like that, wouldn't you? I was like, this is a girl. You would like her. (laughs) She seems like my kind of girl. You would like her. I've been saying she's the Wonder Woman that people want to read. Not the one that everyone thinks they're reading. Um, But... (laughs) <laughs> and so um, we just see like a bunch of different things that happen with them she talks about she actually killed Jean Grey because they find footage of like Echo and they see her with the phoenix and she's like oh no I killed the phoenix like why is she around um, just good stuff and so the end of the issue they kind of discover Wakanda mm. and so they're talking about how they can't tell Phil Coulson anything because he's the president of this United States in here. And they're like, we got to figure out what's going on. But Coulson is using all of his Mephesto invested power. He already knows. He can like listen in on all the conversations they're having. And when they get to Wakanda, the real Avengers are there. It's Steve and Blade and Thor and uh, Echo, Starbrand Baby. And so they're getting ready to fight. And Phil Coulson has, which I assume is supposed to be a cosmic cube, but it's red. And it's called like a red pandemonium. Pandemonium? Okay. I forgot the name of it, but it's like a red cosmic cube, basically. Um, okay. He's saying he's going to use that because obviously he doesn't want the world to turn back to whatever it is. And that was Wait, how it's, called issue- a pa- it's called a pandemonium thing? Hold on. Let me look it up right now, actually. I wonder if that's actually, I wonder, if, and it's related to Mephisto? Yes. Did Mephisto used to have like a little lackey oh, named Pandemonium? It's, it's called the Pandemonium Cube. 
I wonder if that's related to him. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so he has that. And that's where the issue ends. And so that was the end of Heroes Reborn. And oh, that so, was it. Okay. That was the last issue. So next month we hit Heroes Return. And now is this is Heroes Return also like a six week thing or is it? I, I guess I I honestly couldn't tell you anything about this event. I've just been reading. I didn't even know it was weekly until like the third issue. <laughs> 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 so uh, what's rate? What's rate this issue? Oh, I'm rated four out of five. The art was great. like this is good. Wow. I was, okay. Like Heroes Reborn is good. I'm telling you, when you read it. When I eventually get you to read it, you're going to be having so much fun with it. It's great. They talk about how Wolverine, um, he, like, kind of killed Hyperion at one point in time because he had his claws enhanced by magic and Hyperion's weak to magic. It's, like, it's good stuff. You see Zarda, she actually kills um, Nighthawk's villain while he's in his prison because she's trying to get information out of him, and he's, like, playing games with her, and he starts talking about her dead sisters. And so she punches him through the chest. And she's like, I don't know how Nighthawk let this man live for so long. She's like, I don't do this with my villains. <laughs> and I was like, again, this right. is the Wonder Woman that people want. Because Wonder Woman always used to say she doesn't have villains. But it's like, Cheetah's still kicking. So, <laughs> well, she deals with all her villains. But ain't nobody dead for real. So I don't know what she's talking about. I mean, but Heroes Reborn, you guys should get into it. It's fantastic. Uh, oh, next up on our list, is, uh, we're getting into our X books now, so we can kind of talk about these a little bit together. Um, but we have Planet X Men number one from Jerry Dugan and Pepper the Ross. We had New Mutants number 19 from Vita Ayala, and I actually forgot the artist's name. I think it was Derek Lenz. I'd have to go, I'm gonna go back and check. Um, and X Corp number two from Teeny Howard and Delandra. Now, let's talk about Planet Size first. Because I know you want to talk about playing the size first. You know I do. <laughs> because, um, wow. What a moment. You know, what a moment. I literally just, uh, I think on the previous episode, we mm. were just talking about um, like cosmic stuff and, yeah. and everything. And if there's one thing I have always liked, one trope about the X-Men that I've always liked is X-Men in space. I feel like I know I might be in the minority there amongst X fans, but <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm in the minority there. But I I like the X Men in space. I love it. Okay. And this was the ultimate like X Men in space. <laughs> you know, um, I got Magneto. All of my favorite characters got to flex. Again, on the on that previous panel talking about stuff, I said like a lot of my favorite kind of characters are usually energy manipulators or some kind of power where them being on Earth like wouldn't make sense <laughs> because they're too powerful. So all of my favorites got to go out into space and really flex just how powerful they really are. I mean, you had Magneto literally create the core of mm-hmm. a planet. Uh, bringing in enough iron um exodus mm-hmm. wow the MVP. i'm still kind of confused on the whole inverting of the external gate thing i wasn't really sure how that happened were they like pushing everyone through it <laughs> <laughs> like what was going, like what was going on there <laughs> okay so the the way i interpreted it and 
maybe we can ask Jerry Duggan or something to explain exactly what happened. But the way I interpreted it was <laughs> the the other world gate went um like to Araco, right? right? So if they inverted it, it would take Araco from its place, right? Okay. That's the way I interpreted it. So Gene uh, like linked all their minds together and um that way uh Exodus was able to know where everybody was on that mm-hmm. island um and was able to like in- use his telekinesis invert the invert the portal the gate and then use his teleportation power to teleport it to Mars thus pulling Araco to Mars oh okay and, so and I, I got guess all of his like knowledge from that Latuka character I, I guess Latoka. I didn't factor in Exodus's teleportation abilities. Yes, he has that. <laughs> he doesn't use them that often. And like in my head canon, they're like an offshoot of his psychic power because he doesn't he doesn't teleport in the same manner of like a um like magic or uh or nightcrawler or something like that. It's always been seemed as like a kind of um he can point to something and like imbue it with energy or something and then to teleport that to another space like mm-hmm. pretty pretty far he's got a pretty vast range or he can like like basically open portals kind of in my head he's like telekinetically ripping open portals and that's how he's able to okay. tell or he, he could just have the teleportation power. power but yeah he's not that great with it so he don't use it often okay there was a moment except for him, right now except right now we to like <laughs> teleport <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess um Great issue. Shout out to Exoswords for bringing Araco and the Iraqi mutants to the forefront and really helping push mutant kind to new limits and yeah. to doing new things. We salute you. We respect you. Um, loved a whole new climate. I was about to say storm creating a whole new climate. It was really great to see all the Omegas kind of like get to flex their stuff. The stuff with King Jamie and giving birth to Sword Station 2. And just the way Pepe did that, actually giving birth. Yes. <laughs> and then, like, and then you know, uh, the sperm going into the brain, that entire page was just fantastic. Just, it was an issue. Flexing her Omega-level telepath abilities by, like, being so powerful to alter the memories of someone who alter reality is very powerful. And, uh, like, to know that for Jamie to create S.W.O.R.D. the correct way, it would have to be his own idea. Um, mm-hmm. That Like, he wouldn't try to be shifty about it if it was his own idea. But to embed that in his mind so deep, like, that's... Wow. <laughs> Good moment yeah. for her. Especially yeah. since she had to throw that really heavy sa- station into space afterwards. Yeah. So, Magneto. Um, rest oh, easy, Rest easy. Rest easy. Yeah. She was good. I didn't know she needed to rest. <laughs> no, it was just a dope issue. Um, just great stuff all around. I, I was really impressed. It was really just amazing to see all the different designs or minor designs we could see of the Iraqi mutants when they came through, actually getting to the place, how they created like the port for all of the visitors to come and this is where they would stay but still letting them know that if you go beyond these borders like you subjected to the wildlife of the Iraqi which you also saw kind of when they were getting inverted through the portal that was cool. Pepe's eye for design for eye or his eye for design mm-hmm. it's good. He's up there. Yeah. He's yeah. up there. 
Um, I'm excited for what they're about to do with this planet, Araco. And I think if you remember a while ago during one of our reviews of talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, I think it was Guardians of the Galaxy and not Sword, but it could have been either one. And I had said that, like, I had a feeling that Ewing was going to, is brewing up something out there in space because it looks mm-hmm. like another like, annihilation was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I think he's going to use Storm as, like, the key to all of this. I mean, they, I, they've been hinting that she's going to space. I think that she is going to be the regent of Seoul. Oh, I can see that. It would be nice. Good mm-hmm. for her. I like that role for her. She needs something to do. She's free of morale. Listen, I love Storm in space. <laughs> that that way she gets to go something. do something. I'm gonna say, let her go do something. She needs to. She deserves. Good let morning, friends. Um, going over to New Mutants. You know, obviously we had such a huge moment in Planet X. We kind of get a tone down when we get to New Mutants, and the the artist's name was Alec Lenz, by the way. Um, you know, it's interesting since you just said that about Vita, and like the excitement. This is an issue where I feel like there's a little bit of that, but then also they move away from it. Mm-hmm. Because I feel as though some of those conversations with the New Mutants, the OG team, and everybody knows I'm like an OG New Mutant stan, they they were really well done. Like the stuff with Danny and Wolfsbane and like Magic getting Danny to help James out of the suit and things like that, great, but I don't necessarily remember it. However, I do specifically remember the talk that Warpath had with Warlock, and I specifically remember the punch of Gabby at the end of the issue. Spoiler alert, she's dead. Which, (laughs) (laughs) you know. (laughs) Uh, But I think think that kind of punched for me just because it was more so the implications. We've kind of been having Gabby talk about the whole cloning process of the resurrection protocols. You know, people are still kind of calling the questions as they didn't let Maddie come back. Um, So I think that's what... (laughs) I really don't know why y'all need that girl to come back. She's not real. People like her. People like her. She's not real. They they do need to let her rest in peace. Uh, It's not even the same way. But anyways, no. But again, like, this is just for Gabby and kind of what she's doing. So I thought that was really nice. And this was a decent issue. I think this is probably one of Vita's best issues of New Mutants since they took over the title. Yeah, this was a really great issue. Um, Again, I felt the same things about this issue that I did about Static. In a different way, though, because Static, this was like his comeback. So I was Mm -hmm. super excited for that. But with New Mutants... Again, there was fantastic character moments mm-hmm. that Vita has, and again, the voice of the characters all seem right. I am not the biggest New Mutants fan <laughs> outside of uh, Magic and uh, Warpath, mm-hmm. um, and I think, I mean, uh, Danny's cool, obviously. Um, but I like, love the way Danny was working the party too. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I will say this: Do you watch American Dad? Oh yeah. <laughs> Do you read Drunk Nightcrawler as Klaus? Because <laughs> that's that's what. I hear <laughs> oh, that's actually really funny. <laughs> that's what I hear in my head whenever he was been drunk. He's been drunk like the whole night in yeah, every book. He's getting lit. He's having a good time. Shout out to that. He's but he's stressed. He's going through it. Every time I hear Klaus, whenever Klaus is like drunk, <laughs> oh, I actually like that a lot. I'm gonna go back and read that in Klaus's voice now. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, the, the the book is really good. I don't think that he's dead, in my opinion. I think, they, I think they found a empty shell of her body. I think that she's working with uh, Shadow. Shadow. Yeah. 
how do you feel about Vita Shadow King? You know, I don't really know. Because I don't really know how I feel about the whole the Shadow King and Farouk were like separated now, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it seemed like. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I feel like that was used to kind of wash away their like problem so that they could still so that Shadow King or at least Farouk could be used in this book and mm-hmm. not where like he is super evil as yeah. the Shadow King. I don't and know. I like my Shadow King super evil. Right. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't need a like a, a, a redeemed Shadow King does not. <sighs> and I get it, the era of second chances, but it's like some people are just bad. He could be a little. <laughs> I, I will expect him to be a little shady, and I don't think that they needed to be separated for that. Yeah. Okay. And then continuing on the Gala Night with X Corp. Now I've said this before. I actually think this issue, this book is fine. I thought the first issue was fine. I think this one was fine as well i also think it was an improvement over the first issue i just feel like the concept of this mutant boardroom big brother thing is boring Mm, mm -hmm. and i and i think that the characters involved in it are not interesting characters so reading pages and pages of angel and madrix and keep going mastermind (laughs) (laughs) um it was it was it's just Monet like not. Nah. I think Monet. <laughs> I think Monet is. So I will. So I will say that Monet. I thought was fine this issue. The Celine bits I thought were very interesting. I w- I would love to see. I would have enjoyed yeah. more Celine in the book. I also really enjoyed the appearance of Neil Shara. I don't know why he didn't have on a gala outfit. I guess that means he's like not living on the island. Um, yeah. But that was just... I, I'm just a Neil fan. Betsy Todd is boyfriend, so... Agreed. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm here for that. Um, ooh, that would also be nice tension, too, if you made the board. Um, but nonetheless, I just think... I think the premise is kind of boring. So it's like, no matter how well it might be written or how much sense... It's just... It just is not grabbing me. You know, if anyone was looking for any kind of deference in opinion... From me, I'm sorry <laughs> because I I agree. Um, I mean, difference in opinion. Sorry, I completely agree because like this is boring. <laughs> I, I it's not that I did I dislike the issue like where it was terrible. I just found it kind of boring and a, kind of a trap to read. It was cute to see you know Monet getting dressed and getting ready for the uh, the gala and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and. But I don't know. I didn't really care. I don't really care about the Fenris uh, kids. Yeah. I know that they're like Baron Strucker's kids, and that's like where their money comes from, and they're like evil or whatever. But like them as villains, I do not care. Yeah. I don't know. And it's again, just... same with Monet. Like Monet for me is fun when she's just like the sassy girl. But outside of that, I don't really care. <sighs> I, yeah, I, don't, I don't really disagree with too much. But, <laughs> I'm sorry. And I I like seeing Monet and Trinity. This book could easily be rolled up into the hell I'm um, into Marauders. Yeah, and I think that's my thing with it too. It's I don't feel as though it needs to be its own book. It very much feels like a B plot in somebody else's book. Yes, yeah. it could stay there. We could be using this um for something different. Um, I give it a two out of five. Damn, I'll give it a two point five. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you give New Mutants? <laughs> uh, New Mutants, I would give a three out of five. Same. I would also give that a three out of five. And Planet Size. That's a five out of five. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> right here. That's what I love. That's what I love. That's a five. Um, that was a five out of five. I especially like just when they brought everybody else to the planet. And, like, just the snapshot of, like, the mutants coming out of the gate and seeing Planet Rocco. Like, what a moment. Celebrating Planet Rocco. And, like, they, they set up their own um, ring for their next X of Swords, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. We're here. We're here. I also and love that. I personally love the, like, cosmic implications that a lot of this is going to have out there in the, all the other books in Marvel Cosmic. Um, if anybody remembers the Shi'ar, when they, lent, when they got to the Hellfire Gala... They congratulated the mutants and said congratulations on on conquering this planet. Mm-hmm. So like some people out in space aren't gonna see this as like the expansion of mutant kind and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Some people out there are gonna look at it as mutants have conquered a planet, and I don't know if that's a good thing for them or a bad thing. So I, think I mean, Magneto be- even like had that little conversation when Storm came to congratulate him, and he was like, you know, I'm pretty sure the humans are gonna be mad and say that we've done something that they were never gonna be able to do. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just like, like, okay, who cares if we took Mars? You could come take it back. <laughs> yeah, what? Like you, you had this little uh, rover up here. It's gone now. Yeah. <laughs> it was a moment. I'm really, I'm really excited for the future of that book. I really wanted a Rocco book. Mm. I know a lot of people are excited for like Destiny and all that stuff. I don't care about her. Take <laughs> Planet Araka mm. with X Club, preferably. Ooh, that would be fun. Right? Ooh, Iceman on that team and working with them? He helped make it. I like Come that. On. You see the vision? You see I the see vision? vision? I see the okay. vision. I'm going to let everybody marinate on the vision. We're going <laughs> to go ahead and take a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back, everybody, to uh, the panel section for this episode. And this week, I wanted to get into the ninja girl that is... <laughs> we don't know her. We're talking about <laughs> Electra Nachios. <laughs> the, reason, the reason Psylocke put on that suit. She, you know, she is... When it comes to, like, the, you know, the, the whole femme fatale motif, she was, like... That girl was, so that, especially when it comes to like being the cool girl for a while, she was that. And um, yeah, I'm, I've, I wanted to give us a little bit of talks with her. She's been going on doing some really cool stuff in Daredevil right now um, and getting some great development with her character. And so I wanted to give a little spotlight to Electra. Now, before we get started, are you a fan of Electra or is this another one of my faves that <laughs> you go out the drag? Um, so no, but, <laughs> but I don't dislike her, if okay. that makes sense. I respect okay. her and her standing. I like understand where she is. Like she is that girl. She's Electra. She's gonna be here. Um, she's gonna do what she needs to do. But I never really jump to read an Electra story, okay. if I'm being honest. But I, I I do respect her and where she stands in Marvel. That's fair. She hasn't really had too many like big 
iconic kind of solo stories. There were some Electra said the Electra Assassin by Frank Miller. I've never read it before. I've heard differing opinions about it. Um, you know, not, that I think it's, it's, it's yeah. I mean, for her. <laughs> right, right. That's what I mean. It's not good for her. Like <laughs> it's all about her being the cool girl and yeah. uh it's super sexy and all that. Um but once we get started I wanted to give a little bit of origin story for Electra. So most people already know her. You know, she's the girl in red with her do rag on, and she always enters. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> stays wrapped. She enters Daredevil's life as kind of like his love interest, and she is an assassin. Now, to dive back into that, Electra studied martial arts as a kid. She. Um, you know, got into it as, after seeing her brother. She has or had siblings, an older brother who was into martial arts. Her dad is a Greek ambassador. And because of that, that always brings about, you know, or at least in the comic book world anyway, assassins and, you know, people kind of kind of come for the family. So there was a time where her family was attacked and her older brother was actually able to defend them from some attackers. And that kind of really sparked her interest into getting to martial arts. So from a young age, she got into martial arts and uh, like ballet and all that kind of stuff and really got her like athleticism down. And uh, she was not one to be afraid to really like push herself mm-hmm. in a fight. Um, she also was really big into like her family and um, mm-hmm. especially her, her relationship with her parents. Homegirl's got mommy issues <laughs> and daddy issues. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. And um, you know, she was when she was born, her mom died during childbirth. Okay. And um her dad uh was the one who ends up raising her, so she ends up becoming really close with her dad and having a really close relationship there. Um so she grew up, got older, she went to Columbia University to study p- political science, and while her dad wasn't Reese, I know, right? I, I did you know I started as a poli sci? Did school? you? That, I feel like that tracks. <laughs> I, I, changed it. I, 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 I can see that starting out for a young LZ. Yeah, that was that was almost the move. Um, an accounting too, but like, no. That also sounds. Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I am going with uh, neuroscience. <laughs> So <laughs> that's the path. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so Electra is off studying poli sci at Columbia University because her dad is an ambassador over there in in New York. So she's uh, going to school. That's where she meets uh, Matt. So while she's like on campus, she she's supposed to be like 19 years old, I think they say. So like a freshman in uh, college. Uh, Matt is like instantly smitten you know uh, because she's electra she smells good <laughs> right <laughs> right right <laughs> but he's like he's in love and um he tries to stop her and she's like not paying him any attention and completely ignores her he tries to invite her out to go like to a game later and she's like, oh, I can't really go with you. And he's like, oh, is it because I'm blind? And she's like, oh, no, I just. Like... 
I know. That's so kind rude. Of, right? <laughs> so Daredevil is like, oh, you know, uh, I'm not going to let this pass me by. Like, I think I really like this girl. So he stops her. He goes, oh, hey, olive oil. And like, leaps oh, over to her. Okay. Which like, <laughs> that's kind of problematic because she's from Greece. <laughs> <laughs> I also, also, just jumping back really quick to the whole, is it because I'm blind? Who would admit that? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, yeah, like, oh yeah, no, that's not why I'm going to date you. I love comic books. (laughs) So like, he calls her Olive Oil, which it becomes like a nickname that he calls her. Um, Again, I don't know if that's problematic. It probably is a little bit uh, because she is from Greece. Um, So... Uh, <laughs> they, Wait, I just why would that even be like an endearing nickname? <laughs> like at the time, it was like you know Popeye and olive oil, right? Like, oh gosh, is that like no. that's worse. Wasn't she like a damsel in distress? <laughs> this, wow, you really <laughs> Yeah, this was the early time. Um, so uh, they date for like a year, is what the comic says. They like date for a year. And later, because her dad is an ambassador, he ends up getting kidnapped by some criminals. They are about to kill him. Uh, Matt's out, and he hears it because, you know, he's Daredevil. And he tries to do a rescue attempt. And while he's in there about to rescue Elektra from being shot, he yells at her, hit him low, olive oil. And, like, she does this, like, cool move, and that becomes, like, their thing. And one of the guys who has a gun, though, he falls through the window and the police officers downstairs think that that was a killer. Um, okay. And that was one of the killers. So, like, and it was. It was one of the shooters. But, um, I'm sorry. Actually, I got that wrong. One of the killers falls through the window, and the police officer thinks it's a hostage. So, um, they are like, oh, my gosh, the criminals inside are throwing hostages out the window. Like, the next... <laughs> the next line of like shot that I get clear shot of a person I get I'm gonna like shoot them because of course that's what cops like you know cops <laughs> cops being cops and the person who ends up in the window though ends up being Electra's dad and the entire oh, time Daredevil's like get down get down and he's like wait what he's confused he stands up and the cop ends up shooting I'm pretty sure that's like a very genuine moment that people have they get confused but it's like if you hear me yelling get down please don't stand up <laughs> don't <be honest>. right. <laughs> so he ends up dying and like that completely shatters Electra's world um she ends up not liking daredevil because of that um although she later ends up figuring out that it was Matt that was involved in that. Uh, but she doesn't really like Daredevil because of that. She leaves and drops out of uh, Columbia University. And then she goes off and she wants to become an assassin. <laughs> so um, she wanted to support martial arts so that she would never be in a situation like that again. Um, so she goes off and starts training with Stick. And uh, for Daredevil fans out there, y'all know who that is. Um, however... Stick is with the Chast, who is like, they're like this organization they want to take down the hand. While he's training her, he ends up like stopping the training and tells her, get out, (laughs) because he senses a darkness in her. 
and he's like, I don't want to train the train you anymore. Like you've got this darkness in you. You gotta leave. And she's like, What? I like, what's going on? I don't know. I don't like this going on. That's not fair. Like I put my life on the line to really come here. So she leaves, and she meets up with her old sensei. And she her plan is always, and this becomes a running theme with Electra, mm-hmm. is she was going to infiltrate the hand to impress Stick so that he sees that like. Um, there wasn't darkness in her, and she was going to take them down from inside. Daddy issues. Daddy issues. <laughs> Daddy issues. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So like, um, she ended up never doing it. <laughs> so so she she joined the hand, got the information, but like never took it over. She just quit and became an assassin. So, uh. Some people kind of believe that the hand kind of nurtured and and helped grow the darkness, quote unquote, that was inside of her. Um, and uh, I don't know how I feel about that because I feel like they were trying to explain her her being okay with like killing as like this like inner entity thing that was with her because later there's a time where like the darkness becomes its own character. It was weird. Instead of her just like liking to kill. Yeah. Or like. Or like just being a okay. Crazy. Yeah, but like she, un- unlike the Daredevil Netflix show, you know, that kind of made her come across as bloodlusted and like Melina from Mortal Kombat. She's not like she a bloodlusty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's not like a bloodlusty. I just love to kill. I'm out here doing all of that. She just has n- doesn't have any kind of moral stand <laughs> standpoint when it comes. <laughs> <laughs> to killing is the line for her there. Um, and I guess, you know, I think I think that's always been one of my things with Electra. Like I said, I respect Electra a lot. I love watching her on page doing her fighting thing. Um, you know, you're always going to get a good battle. I think there was this one Black Widow run written by Marjorie Liu, um, mm-hmm. and there's a fight scene between Black Widow and Electra. That's just like really good, and it's not them doing. They fought really a lot. Hate- Okay, <laughs> um, but you know, and I really appreciated this one because it was very much so. They weren't really trying to kill each other, or hurt each other. It was just like Electra was like, "Look, I heard you've been asking about me. What's going on?" And Black Widow's like, "I'm trying to find something else." So they just kind of have this moment, test each other's skills, and she's like, "Look, just do what you need to do. Leave me out of it." And she's like, "Cool," but it's like it, it's just great to see. Like that's what I need Electra to do. I truly don't care about getting into her personal life. I'm sorry about her dad. <laughs> It's very sad. But, uh, <laughs> That's where her sadness comes from, is her daddy. <laughs> but I think, but I think also it's like you said. Um, a lot of the time she's written as that like cool girl, and they talk about like that coldness and that darkness, and how mm. there's it's just like nothing there. So it's kind of never really been anything for me to get too attached to, as opposed to this current Daredevil run where mm-hmm. she is, like, kind of growing these attachments. And that shows the family aspect that I guess I've kind of missed from her in a lot of these other stories. It's been really nice to see her in this current Daredevil run kind of really get some more character personality. Because like you said, I when I first got into Elektra, I was a kid. And um, <laughs> side anecdote story, this was like fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, I think. Maybe maybe sixth or seventh grade, somewhere in like in early middle school. And we were in art class. <laughs> and we had to make something out of popsicle sticks mm-hmm. or like extra credit. And mm-hmm. I made Psy. <laughs> yeah, Psy. Oh, you're a Psy girl? I'm a dagger. 
Yeah, I'm a side girl. <laughs> and okay. and uh, they were like not just on paper, like in like <laughs> they were like legit, like you could whip them around and stuff. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, I like went all out with these. They were really big. I got like 50 points of extra credit. Come on, 50 points? Yeah, I, re I remember specifically because the teacher was like, what are these? And I was like, oh, they're these things that, like, Electra uses. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but so, she's um, always been, like, kind of the cool girl for me there. But for, but as I got older and started getting more into comics, her personality for me is something that you have to kind of dig from. She can kind of suffer from the... Madonna whore complex in literature, which is she's either the Madonna archetype for Daredevil to kind of reach and try to attain, or she has been depicted as the cool girl whore thing, which is like just in skimpy clothes and I'm really cool and I'm she just like be sex sexy object. and fight yeah. and like get naked. She's right. got her little flap showing her little leg. Right. And I'm and I don't I'm not obviously calling her a whore, but I mean the literal uh, study of Sorry. the Madonna complex. Yeah. So I feel I feel as though that has been something she's suffered from. Mm -hmm. But there have been moments where you really can kind of get into her character, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that whole Black Widow thing. I wasn't aware until I started to do more digging with her. They got beef. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's why and, that's why she came at her. She was like, I heard you've been asking about me. She was like, what's going <laughs> on? <laughs> Which, like, in there, so, like, in this one a book, a Black Widow, by the way, was actually there during her resurrection. So everybody knows that Black, I'm sorry, Elektra ends up getting killed by Bullseye, right? And she gets resurrected by the hand. Black Widow was actually involved in that. Uh, Daredevil called for some assistance and uh, he called on Black Widow because she's like a spy and all that stuff. Uh, so they go back. And during that time, she was like kind of apprehensive about wanting to resurrect her because she doesn't trust her. You know, Black Widow's whole thing is like trusting. Trust. Yeah. And all that it stuff. happens every year. <laughs> <laughs> every yeah. And because she's all like that, she feels that she has this like probably... I don't know, high ground on who, who should be trustworthy and all that kind of stuff. So she doesn't trust Electra. And um, I recall, I remember earlier when we kind of started this podcast, actually, you were trying to get me into starting that Daredevil run. Mm -hmm. And that said that, like, he had gotten his identity, like, put out there before. Mm -hmm. There was a time called the Murdoch uh, Papers, which mm -hmm. happened during the Marvel Knights uh, Bendis era. Mm -hmm. and yes, 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 yes. And there, there were these papers that were going to come out that would confirm that Matt Murdock was Daredevil. And uh, Kingpin was going to be the one to kind of put this out there because he was like, I got the receipts. I have the tea. I have it. And I, <laughs> I looked. And um, so Electra pops up after being gone for a while. Like she had been resurrected and was like gone for a while in comics she pops back up in daredevil's life and was like so listen <laughs> um there was a time when kingpin hired me which uh if just to give a little bit of backstory for her history after she became an assassin kingpin hired her as his assassin and that's what ended up having her cross paths with bullseye um but you know she was like listen there was a time when i worked for bullseye and 
I may have told him some things. That he <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just a few things here and there. Just a couple things. And uh, I'm sorry, but I'm here now and I'm here to help you out. And she came back to kind of help him out and Black Widow shows up and she's like, why is this ninja here? And I was like, girl, what did you really want to call her? <laughs> All of them. <laughs> <laughs> And then, like, they end up fighting because Black Widow does not trust Elektra, like, at all. So I I didn't know that they had this beef. Not mad at it. And I am team Elektra uh, Widow, so keep it cute. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> guess I'm just saying, she, she get not like the rest of them. That's really what she hasn't been yet, though, so... Not yet. Although she didn't, she like trip and break her neck and die or something. No, she was hitting the she with a shield in her neck, protecting a young black man. Can Electra say the same? It looked like she tripped and she was, like, <laughs> can't even walk in a straight line without dying. What a shame. Anywho. Well, <laughs> Yes, speaking of dying, Electra was uh, resurrected. <laughs> By Stone, who is someone who was a part of the cast, and when she came back, do you remember when Wolverine had no nose? Yeah, that was weird. And the bandana, that was weird. Yeah, she was, like, contracted by S.H.I.E.L.D. and Nick Fury to become, like, his caretaker during that time and was trying to help him. It was a weird time. Whatever. Um, Long story short, after she got resurrected, she ended up working with S.H.I.E.L.D. for a little bit because whenever they had incidents where... They didn't want the U.S. to be involved. They mm-hmm. would contract her to do it. And uh, she's been around the block a little bit. Listen, homegirl is she is like the assassin. So you were, you know, we just mentioned her a little bit earlier. So I take it you didn't care for Daredevil Electra in Netflix. Daredevil Electra. There, okay. If anybody pull up receipts of me talking about it back then, I did like it. <laughs> <laughs> Because I think I was just excited to see her on screen. Um, she looked, Young looked, is like a beautiful, sexy. She is. She's Electra. She looked great, right? <laughs> but no, I did not like it. They, um, like I said, they made her like Melina. She was mm-hmm. just this like bloodlusted character. They took out her family aspects, which that kind of really grounds her and make gives her like the reason of why she wanted to become an assassin versus they they just made her like the black sky and there was this like evil in her and like she didn't know how to be good that for me takes away the agency from electra which i like because she's not just the cool girl she makes these decisions on her own yeah um yeah i didn't like a netflix daredevil electra and I yeah. remember that. Like, you you pull up tweets and now be saying that. She was like, it was always something about that season. I remember because I really enjoyed the Punisher stuff. And mm-hmm. once that part had kind of ended, I was like, this season just fell off so hard. And I was like, oh, it's Electra. But I think it's like you said, she was very much Melina. And I don't like Melina. <laughs> yeah. We could do it out that. Hopefully when she finally debuts in the MCU, they get a a better do you have a um? Do you have like a dream casting? You know, I don't fan cast too often because of like fear of whatever of whoever they get and like I don't want to be <laughs> um but I did try to look up like Greek actresses to see who mm-hmm. could play her and I didn't come up with anything. So if they anybody has Electra fan cast, please let us know. Yeah. I would love if to know. She, if she her in the MCU, do you have a 
you know, pivoting over there, of course. Do you have a preference of like which kind of story beat you would like them to see for her or a particular run? Because she's had a couple of solo runs, hasn't she? Yeah, so she's had a few solo runs. My favorite ones have been actually more recent uh, solo runs that she's had. There was a run that came out in 2014 uh, by, uh, I think his name was, his last name was Blackman and Del Mundo. Oh, and yeah. I remember that that one. that one was actually really good. The art was really great and the writing was fantastic. You got inside of her head. She kind of confronted her mommy issues where before they would always kind of just bring up, oh, my gosh, she um, I was born and then my mom died and like I became really close to my dad. And does he resent me for that or something in this book? You see that, like, she talks about that. It probably was hard for her growing for her dad growing up looking like her, like the mom and mm. and the things that like she probably may have have caused within like her home and stuff like that. It was really good. I would mm. definitely recommend something like that. It also focused on her being an assassin more. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember w- a lot of those like assassin pages from Del Mundo and the art. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Like the spreads he used to do always looked really, really good. Yeah. She fought uh, Lady Bullseye in that. Of course, took her down. Um, yeah, she fought a, a couple people in that. I also was interested in the. I used to not like the the kind of weird, creepy villains, but the villain Bloody Lips was interesting in it and like what he could do. He could, if he like ingested a piece of his enemy, he gained all of their memories and abilities. So uh, mm-hmm. that sounds like Moon Knight level type stuff. I'm here. Yeah, for that. it was like very Moon Knighty. <laughs> Um, you know, I'll never really get into like that culty kind of stuff, but it was cool for Electra. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so with her like, I also status. would recommend the uh, the there was a run in 2017 that came out as well that was by uh, Matt Owens and um, oh man, who did the art? Wonka Ball did the art. I will say that that run isn't very like deep. <laughs> you don't get a lot of like. <laughs> You don't get a lot of like Electra like you know inter inter like inter spectrum on her. Mm-hmm. It's all like it's just Electra being cool in arcade world <laughs> in Vegas. It's like five issues. Um, there I mean, was a swank of all, so I'm pretty sure it looks amazing. Oh, it looks beautiful. There was a moment in it though where I felt personally attacked because mm-hmm. uh, arcade has Electra like turned into a whole nother costume and. Um, He's like, oh my gosh, you look amazing. And <laughs> Electra's like, uh, aren't you here to kill me or something? Like, why do you, you don't even like me? And Arcade's like, all men like ninjas. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a word. Hey, yeah, I just thought it was like, hey, I love to watch her come in and do her thing. I'm actually gonna like, I'm actually probably gonna go and uh, read that Wonka Ball. <laughs> no, like it. If she does her thing in it. It's just like, hey, I'm here to watch her fight. All they the were time. trying to give her a little bit of the synergy with the Daredevil. That's where she had that the costume with the ponytail and the mask. Oh, the all black. Yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, because she she had a good fight with uh, Iron Fist, too. That's when Bendis had his little... Ooh, so that, uh, that run with Juan Cabal actually ends with her going back to New York, because this all takes place mm-hmm. in That ends with her going to New York to probably go handle <laughs> Iron Fist. Yeah, that was a good thing. Yeah, she she. I'm I'm, I'm going to look that up. I love me some more. If there's one thing my girl's going to do, it's beat somebody's ass. 
I respect that. I respect that a lot. So um, she's had some great, she... great origin story, in my opinion. You know, as far as hers, and she's really stuck with her. With her whole like, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do. I like characters who really own that about themselves. And again, y'all have probably heard me say it on this podcast before. I love a, I know who I am. I'm just trying to figure out where I belong kind of character. Mm-hmm. So with her new little uh, spaces, Daredevil, is that something? Obviously, I don't think she'll be Daredevil for a very long time. Obviously, but you know, coming out of that, is that the path that you would like to kind of see her continue on? Do you want, now that you've seen it, do you want to see something? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. No, we've done that now. This is cute. And and the Daredevil thing is fun. But it's time for her to, after this is done, Mm -hmm. and she takes from this experience, whatever she takes from this experience, she don't got to do this whole Daredevil, I'm going to be a hero thing anymore. She probably is going to learn what it's, what it means to be Daredevil and apply that to herself, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what that means for her. She probably still gonna kill, but uh, I would like her to really, actually take over the hand herself mm-hmm. and not and not on some I'm gonna infiltrate it to kind of take them down thing. Yeah, I'd rather just become queen of the hand or something like that on her own. Okay, and maybe change what the hand means or something like that. Okay. Do you have anyone who you want to write that? I haven't really thought about that part because I haven't um, thought I can't keep giving Kelly Thompson all. (laughs) 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 I can't keep giving all of uh, it to her or to Hickman or something like that. So I got to think about it. Maybe someone new. Get someone else to try. I know it, like I said, in that in that black man Del Mundo run, um, she was also facing like the Assassins Guild. So mm-hmm. some of the other assassins would come in from this, uh, from the Marvel universe, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, Scout Hunter made an appearance. Um and yeah. we see him over in Hellions. So I think that like uh, she could also do something like that, maybe take over the Assassin's Guild. So, like, all Assassin contracts go through her or something. I'd love for her to just make more of a, like, a stamp on that yeah, world. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Assassin's I guess... or the hand, something where it's, like, she can have ownership over it instead of trying to be within it. And working with somebody else. Okay. Time. This maybe time. that's what she about Daredevil that he's so autonomous that she could be too and that she could join and like kind of control something like that. So how do you feel about their relationship? Are you into actual like Elektra and Matt? Do you prefer her when she's not around? I mean obviously I'm pretty sure you like when she's not around him but when they are together but when they are together do you like the pairing? Do you think they get along well? Does it work for you? No. Do you want them to like separate for a few years? Reading their origin and like those original Daredevil books, you know, but when she was first introduced, they really do have a great like chemistry and like love for each other. He like right off the bat when he first met her, told her all about the whole accident and his powers and all that kind of stuff and talks about how much he can open up to her and he just feels comfortable with her. So I do think there's a deep love there. Their problem for me, I like their relationship. I just don't think it'll ever be because neither one of them are changing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's, 
he's not going to like be okay with killing and she probably not gonna stop <laughs> so i don't hey. think that <laughs> it is what it is i don't think that they'll ever like be together and that's okay yeah. so i do think it's probably best that they've kind of moved past the whole will they won't they thing you know mm-hmm. um because they can they always won't. just have a cute moment <laughs> exactly because they won't <laughs> <laughs> they won't <laughs> Sorry. okay well outside of matt do you have anyone who you'd like her to kind of like see her with um you have the test I know how you have your like Polaris Exodus ship. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> can see her with no, yeah. you know, not necessarily. The, okay, <laughs> this isn't because they are a fave, and I think actually I would rather have them. I would rather have him show up in the book. Okay. And it's Taskmaster. Okay. I, I I don't know if they'd have to. I don't know if they could date, but I think they'd be fun <laughs> together. Fun I could see. I could see her. I could see her getting annoyed by him for sure. Exactly. He yeah. get he'd be annoying, and I could see them like having some fun on some assassin missions and stuff. And I could also see him like never admitting it, but his inner model inner monologue really respecting her because mm. she has the same kind of you know morals as he does yeah. <laughs> which is i'm okay. just trying to get a check okay so i don't know i'd either put her, i'd either put her with maybe a girl oh you know maybe <laughs> okay well, let's be friends okay <laughs> two maybe Spice it up. <laughs> no i'm kidding <laughs> um uh that would be boring I feel like that would be- <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I feel like Electro would want to be with somebody more fun. Maybe yeah. Titania. Titania would be nice. Oh, yeah. Then they can go fight mm-hmm. She-Hulk. I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Class. I like it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of what I wanted to give a backdrop on Electra. I think that she is a fantastic character getting some great stuff over in Daredevil right now. And... Um, She's had some, a little bit of a rocky, <laughs> uh, not a rocky start. Her start is fant- is, has been fantastic, but like in the middle, child, yeah, it's the epitome of like the cool girl. And she gets she gets she got that cool girl treatment for a while. Yeah, but luckily enough, she's been coming up on the other side of that. Uh, you know, right now my faves are starting to look things is looking up for them. Not all of they them. They are actually. Not all of them cuz I'm, I'm very I, th- I think I think some of my energy is like coming towards you. Appreciate and you're starting that. and you're starting to feel the benefits of that and I'm very excited about this for you. I'm I'm happy um, for that. You know, I got my uh Electra is doing great mm-hmm. and Daredevil, Captain Marvel is probably the best she's ever been written in how I don't know how long. Um, Polaris is about to be on the X-Men. Exodus just transported an island to Mars. I had that really weird week where Ran V and Isle Ewing got announced on Venom and like Wonka mm-hmm. Balls going to Black Panther. That mm-hmm. was kind of strange. I don't know what happened that week. It was like some voodoo. There's this one Jean Grey fan who I'm pretty sure is responsible for that. But we'll get into that later. Maybe they can use the mojo for it. <laughs> well, we're back on up. track now. We're back on track. I've got my uh, Jackson book. He's becoming Aquaman. Black Manta got his book announced. Yeah, we got a lot of good things happening. 
Things are looking up for you two. Morocco <laughs> just got a planet. Yeah. X of Swords is thriving. Thriving. <laughs> <laughs> the vampire nation is doing amazing right now. Um, it's everywhere right now. It's fantastic. <laughs> like, damn. And it's not even Blade. Like, they just popping up. Like, legit. Like, they have, like, a vampire nation. Dracula has his little group in Chernobyl. You got the vampires of Sebalith popping up in, like, the X books. You know, Blade is doing whatever. They're everywhere. It's great. They were in Wolverine. It's fantastic. Mm. I love it. We'll see about that. I don't know if I love it. I need robots. <laughs> I would like a Blade book, but that's a whole different thing. Oof. We could. We'll definitely have to tackle that. Maybe a Blade panel. Oh, child. Please. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Let's take a break and then we'll come right back. All right. guys welcome back to everyone's favorite part of the show another relaunch oh um do you want to go first do you want me to go first you know what i can go first so uh, this character that i am going to relaunch is um, i talked about him earlier this has been his week i'm wearing his logo right now and it's static so um Mm. everybody knows how much i love static and um what i would love to see for the character and what would keep me really interested in the character and um so my relaunch for him is his current solo series right now is going to be like a, I think a tennis shoe kind of mini. And uh, there may be like other seasons that follow his season two. If he is a sophomore in high school now, I'd make his season two. He's a sophomore in college. So we jump uh, to the mm. next. And we'd finally get to see uh, Virgil be like a sophomore. You're like, what? 20 years old, you know? Yeah, like right before he can actually start to be 21 and do all that kind of stuff, we could finally see like make a little him bit. 21 so he can drink. That too actually would be bad. I was thinking of that. <laughs> the folks love the folks love to see the kids getting sloshed. Yeah, sure, let's go with it. I would, <laughs> I would go ahead and make him 21 then, and that brings on a whole new like level of problems because I don't need to see him trying to figure out his luck combination anymore. I, I need to, I need to get to something that the meat of the story and just letting him grow up a little bit so i would have him grow up have him and richie i don't know either go to the same same college or different colleges and talk about that um i would give in the relationship with him and free to let it go call that just high school puppy love or whatever and actually let him start to kind of date in college you know finally you know the whole i'm in college and i'm going to that I'm free. (laughs) (laughs) The college was a good time. (laughs) Right? It is time for Static to have a good time. So I would would relaunch him there. Okay. I like it. I would probably read that. Because I would not (laughs) read um, High School version. I mean, I'm going to check out the first issue of this. Out of respect for you. Um, okay, so well, I had a relaunch, but when when you just brought up Blade, it kind of opened my mind. So he's actually going to be my relaunch now. And it was talking about like it just like I love vampires and I can never get enough of them. 
So for my relaunch for Blade, one thing I would actually have him do, right now Jason Aaron kind of has him being the sheriff of the vampire town that Dracula set up in Chernobyl. I actually want Blade to become king of the vampires. One of the things he's always really been the vampire hunter. So he's going against them, he's killing them, but like now that we've seen that they've got a little bit higher thought and what's going on, I would also like to see Blade kind of come back into a, not back into it because he's never really been into it, but see what it feels like to be in this leadership role. And not only just like a normal leadership role, but like one of kind of controlling entire people and then making them see the air of their ways or like not even the air of their ways because they're probably still going to drink humans or something like that, but just trying to tame them in a way that makes them a better society. Um, and on the flip side of that, I would bring in the daughter of Fallon that never got introduced, who was supposed to come around all those years ago. I would finally bring her in full force and I would use her in helping him she would be like the enforcer to go and find rogue vampires so she would be the new vampire hunter oh okay would she be wrangling them in to bring them into the into chernobyl or something yeah basically and then you know you that way you can also build up her relationship with her dad and it's like okay now you finally meet your dad and like he's king of the people so the relationship you could have built is like going to be strained even more and then you get to see and then you get to see the new girl in action and we love a new girl in action. <laughs> we love a new girl in action. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Blade's King of the Vampires, trying to change things around. The daughter is the new vampire hunter, getting the bad ones in. I love it. I would read that. Because um, Fallon, I'm definitely here for her. You know, I don't the really like was- that, but, like, Fallon would get me. <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really shocked. I mean, I honestly do kind of think they're going to bring her back. But I just think... So it was funny that you mentioned doing a Blade panel because I actually had been reading a bunch of Blade comics recently and like they're not good. Blade has just like never been blessed with good stories. I'm sorry. Uh, he he's the cool boy. Um, mm. He's here to like fight, do some stuff, and then he's gonna dip out. And when you give him solos, they're not good. So it's like I, he needs something to ground him. The daughter would be that, and I want them to bring her in. But I think they're just waiting until the movie. Because I think that's I think that's when the next Blade Resurgence is gonna come. Yeah, that might be the premise of the movie. Because I wouldn't be shocked <laughs> if they would want to do something different than the other Blade movies. You know what I'm saying? And they could maybe want to do the daughter. That would make give her longevity and put her with like the young Avengers and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's and that's what I'm kind of hoping for. Because I mean, and we talked about this uh, a lot, but Blade one of those characters where he's getting kind of old. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the newer people who are coming in to read about comics are not going to want to be read about him in particular. And if you're going to keep him around, again, who's the best with the daughter? Young, hip. She fights. <laughs> Maybe even give her some magic, because you know the gays love a witch. Now, if you, gave her, if you gave her magic, that would pretty much just, like... <laughs> Maybe she could blade magic. Mm. That may be doing too much. (laughs) (laughs) Now you're doing too much. But you you haven't gotten that far in Castlevania yet, so we'll say we'll wait for that discussion. We'll wait for that discussion later. Okay, but regardless, Blades King of Vampires, that's the relaunch of the show. That's what I got. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that brings us to the end of the show. Please make sure you are subscribed to us on Twitter 
and YouTube at Another Relaunch TV. We're on uh, Twitter at Another Relaunch. You can email us anything you have to say, any questions, concerns, anything you may want us to read out loud at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on social media at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and IG at Keenan Lanch. You know there's an underscore at the end. <laughs> yes. All right, y'all. Let's get up out of here. See you next week. Peace.